We'll give it a go. If it sounds terrible. Yeah, no worries. Do round two. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Close Knit Podcast, a podcast that showcases fiber artists from around the world. You're listening to episode five, and this week I spoke to Lauren Hunter, who is a student of costume design and a costume maker. We chat about her interest in medieval footwear, <laughs> leather work, and a whole lot more. Listen on for my whole conversation with Lauren. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, it's Ani of Close Knit, and I'm here with Lauren Hunter. Um, Lauren is a student at NIDA, which is the National Institute of Dramatic Arts in Australia. And I'm going to chat a little bit to Laura about Oh my gosh, I called you Laura. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it happens a lot. <laughs> I'm going to chat with Lauren about um, just fiber and her practice with making and creating with textiles and that sort of thing. So, um, Lauren, what's your fiber of choice? And what would you say you kind of gravitate towards the most in terms of medium? Well, a lot of what I do is realising a designer's vision. So we get a sketch and in many ways we kind of just find whatever fabrics and materials we can find that are closest to um, that design and realising that look and mood. Mm. So, um, which is quite different to how I would approach um, making clothing for myself where I'd be more drawn to um, textures and natural fibers and and a lot of especially on stage sort of what looks good from a distance can from up close look quite larry mm. or synthetic or but if it has a really um, good impact um, um, from far away that's a lot of what we do um, uh, yeah, and this year I've also been working more with leather, which has been really cool. Mm -hmm. I've been really looking forward to doing that. We did leather work with a lady called Sylvia from Birdsell's Leather, and we learned all about the different types and what takes dyes best, and yeah, that's been really interesting and something I'd really like to explore more. Mm. So much of what you're doing um, is costume design right so it's kind of you're doing some of the sewing and stuff is that right yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. and then with leather making what are you what are you making like what sorts of things are you making well what we did with sylvia was we made we could sort of choose whatever we wanted to do leather work crosses over a lot into what we call costume props mm. so a lot of prop makers go into so props do um they do anything from furniture to sculpture to set painting to lots of different stuff, puppet making. So they, a lot of people in props go into costumes, so making armour and um, leather work and headdresses and masks and um, that sort of stuff. In a lot of jobs that I would go into, leather work's quite a specialised thing, but they like to give us a taster of that. Yeah. Yeah, so what I made this year was I made a little bicorn hat mm -hmm. um, with red leather tassels and you use different tools and engrave into the leather to give it texture and then you can use all different types of leather dyes and finishes. Mm. And I also made a really nice chunky belt, which was really satisfying. Yeah, cool. And then we also...
also did a little bit of shoemaking this year mm. um, with Jody from Stepping Out, who mm-hmm. does a lot of the shoemaking for the big musical productions like Les Mis and Lion King and, and then also lots of Baz Luhrmann's um, uh, movies. She's made amazing shoes for them. That's so cool. Yeah. That's really cool. That's so cool. <laughs> totally geeking so out. Cool. That's so cool. I know. Oh my gosh. And it's so, shoemaking is so specialised. There's so many big machines that mould the leather, make sure the layers get um, adhered together properly, and such an in-depth process, and something that you, um, I suppose, you take on an, an apprenticeship in that field. But, um... Yeah, it was really interesting learning a bit about shoemaking. Even though it is so specialised, it's nice to get your head around the process of making the shoes. And yeah, I'm thinking next year I will try and see if there are more simplified ways to make shoes without all of that special machinery. Mm. Sort of how far you can get just with a strong industrial machine and different things you can just do with your own hands. Mm. I how that goes. remember like looking getting interested in shoemaking but knowing that I had like no skills or any of the materials you would need to do it so I kind of was like thinking about I was looking at tutorials for moccasin making yep. like yep. really old school yep. like very cool kind of Native American yep. ones that I was looking at moccasins that they would kind of some of them would just be like just your foot or other times they'd go all the way up your leg mm. and they'd have all the cool like <laughs> sort of crisscross patterns yeah I thought that was really cool like not something necessarily that I would wear in everyday yeah. life but like quite a cool thing to be able to do yeah, yeah that's what I'm thinking because yeah I'm thinking of doing sort of a medieval style boot mm. that's almost the fact that it is in some ways not ill-fitting but sort of we're so used to shoes being Standard sort of shapes and yeah, sort of the medieval shape, sort of with the longer toe and the foot sort of molding the leather instead of the leather already being molded to mm. that shape. Yeah, yeah, seeing how that goes and there's lots of my friend was showing me now that I've entered the world of Instagram. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah. quite a lot of people that do recreation sort of stuff. Not recreation. Recreation. Mm. Where they sort of dress up in groups and. Oh, like, well, like, sort of cosplay stuff. Yeah, right? sort of cosplay stuff. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. a word for that. Um, it's like LARPing. Like yeah, 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 yeah. So there's lots of great people that, yeah, do lots of fun medieval stuff. That's so cool. Make do with what they've got. And, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I love, I love Instagram for that, for, like, kind of finding this weird world that you didn't know existed. Yeah. Where you were like, I thought I was the only person who was interested in medieval footwear. Yeah. <laughs> well, back in Brisbane, there was this great... Well, there's lots around, but there was this great medieval fair. Mm. And, um, yeah, so great. People were obsessed with making the different armour and people that did Turkish wrestling <laughs> and um, jousting and oh, cool. all that great stuff. Yeah. So good. <laughs> So nerdy, so good. I love it. <laughs> I know, I know. What's your um favorite part about sort of the fiber arts broadly? And I, I kind of in each episode, I've I've sort of clarified what I mean by fiber arts because I think I'm just using it as a term to really loosely mean people who are interested in textiles or 
knitting or crochet or like anything that has to do with making and maybe has some element of fiber so leather yeah. leather work as well um so what's kind of your favorite part about that scene or that space and then maybe what's one thing that you're in particular that you're excited about now um I suppose what I love about the world is the fact that so much of what we have started to wear is so mass produced and mm. sweatshop made and and costume especially really excited me because it's so much about getting a design and the person and it's so custom made for that person mm-hmm. and locally made and yeah so much time is put into that which is so different to what I know working in retail for years just constantly boggled me that sort of fast fashion and you sort of see 10 women come in and try on the one dress and it didn't fit any of them well mm. like yeah, yeah you just everyone gets so used to just wearing stuff off the rack that in no way flatters nor sort of excites can be so boring yeah but yeah the costume making world so so very specific but you can do so much within that Mm. it can encompass so much stuff do you kind of see costume making sometimes as like a jumping off for other things like could could you see yourself producing clothes that were not for costume just for gen like ready to wear kind of thing yeah I don't, yeah, I think I was so drawn to the NIDA course as opposed to other sort of just like fashion taste courses. I think because you do learn so much within the three years and what you do with that, I suppose, is up to you. It's very tailored towards the costume world, but I just think even just like getting to do a bit of leather work, a bit of this, a bit of that, or... And also not being not being forced to do it, but I suppose being made to try things that if I was in the real world not studying, mm. I might not even think about trying or you just meet a whole lot of different people and Yeah. Yeah, I like the idea that later on after working as a costume maker I might find a niche that I want to explore and mm. or even on the side if I find something that I find it really exciting yeah. to explore that and sell it myself. Yeah. So prior to NIDA and the course that you've been taking, were you kind of working in fiber or like, I guess, really, how did you kind of get interested in fiber and how did you get your start with it? I suppose um, I've always, my mom is a good solo. But we never really spent that much time together sewing. Um, but I suppose like she taught me the basics really early on. It had always been, I suppose I've always been into clothes and op shopping and worked in retail and I've always been drawn to clothing. Mm-hmm. I suppose working in that little shop that I was telling you about. Yeah. And sort of meeting more and more people that came in that were making a living off something creative. I sort of sparked the idea in my head that it is a path that you can go down. Yeah. And I met the um the head of wardrobe at Queensland Theatre Company. And that just got me thinking more and more that yeah, that clothing and textile and sewing was something that I 
really enjoyed doing and would happily spend long hours on, <laughs> whereas I wouldn't do the same in front of a computer. Yeah. Um, yeah, when you find that thing that you can just so easily get lost in and the entire day goes mm. and the night goes and you're just like, yeah, your just mind has just been occupied the entire time. Yeah. Constantly problem solving and very much in that zone. Yeah, so that's how I, yeah, first came to thinking about making fiber part of my career. Yeah. But, yeah. And whilst you've been sort of studying this and then getting experience doing it, like we were talking about earlier, where you're um, designing and making for an opera performance and everything, how do you kind of keep yourself motivated to keep down this path? I suppose I was very lucky in that once I decided that this is the path I wanted to go on, I haven't had many doubts. Mm. And I think the course and all the interesting people I've been meeting and the fact that we get to go and see a lot of theatre and has definitely kept me feeling like I've made the right decision. Mm. Um... Is that what you were asking? Mm, yeah, yeah. I, guess, I guess like the reason that I ask this question, this motivation question, is I'm always wondering kind of how different people keep themselves moving and cope with, yeah. um, I don't know, sort of like the day-to-day yeah. of doing the thing, <clears throat> the maybe the logistics of running the business side of it, maybe yeah. the like you know, you as a costume designer needing to go and network at events to get enough work to be able to support yourself is that. So I guess I'm really interested in sort of when this thing that people love doing becomes something that they're monetizing and what that then looks like for their happiness, their interest in the craft, whether that produces any burnout. So it's kind of a selfish question where I'm like, how do you keep going? Because yeah. like for me, there have been times where I'm like, ah, I don't want to knit anymore. I don't, yeah. you know, like, why yeah. am I doing this? There are a million blogs in the world. There are a million podcasts. Yeah. There are a million this or that and the other, yeah. you know? Yeah, I suppose I, I feel very lucky in that once you're immersed in this course, it's so, it's so time consuming that I haven't, I suppose, been working yeah. for money during it. So I haven't had those. Um, yeah, I've just been able to really focus on the learning. Mm. I'm sure once I'm out in the industry and... And I suppose in the course, you're constantly doing new things and working on new exciting projects. Mm-hmm. And I feel like once maybe I'm in a job where I'm doing sort of more of a repetitive thing, Maybe then that those doubts might seep in a little bit more. Yeah. Sort of, have I really chosen to <laughs> do something that's so detailed and time-consuming and can be back-breaking yeah. and <laughs> your eyes can feel like they're going to fall out of your head? <laughs> and <laughs> you just want to have a little rest. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been lucky in that. Yeah, for a long time I was not, I suppose, not passionate about... I've always had things that I've been interested in doing as a career, but once I sort of... this idea sparked in my mind, 
Yeah. Like, I found it. <laughs> yeah. Found the thing I want to do. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Some people spend their whole lives trying to find that <laughs> thing. And I'm just like, I'm just glad I came to <laughs> came to this conclusion early enough to yeah. be able to take the time and study another degree. And, yeah. When you're um, making for NIDA, and I know you don't have a lot of time when you're when you're in school, um, do you ever have any projects going on the side that are just things for yourself? Like, are you ever making just something for Lauren? Not really. I, yeah, which annoys me. Mm. <laughs> we constantly, we constantly learn a new technique or something and just have all these ideas I tr- I've tried to if there's something that I know we're going to study later on and I want to give it a bit of a go myself first mm. like I'd never really even used fabric paint properly in last holidays I just made up some calico bags and had a little play like cut little stamps out of potatoes like oh, you do yeah. when you're a kid and <laughs> just like went to town and heat set it and um what else have I done? I think that's why I love meeting you, Annie, and doing a little bit of knitting, even though I haven't properly committed. <laughs> but just like seeing the other things that are out there. And, um, no, no, not really. You contributed to the community weaving. I did. <laughs> I did. I did. No, I've started cut out patterns and yeah I've made some pretty bad Halloween costumes since I've <laughs> I used to put in so much time and effort to them but yeah I've worn some pretty funny thrown together <laughs> costumes yeah but yeah I'm looking forward to but then I was saying to a friend recently well one of my teachers always says that the cobbler's children never have any shoes yeah yeah like once you once that then becomes your career mm-hmm. you want to do other things in your spare time I suppose yeah but mm-hmm. then it's good that there are so many different things within the sort of fiber world that yeah. even if you're not sewing maybe you can be mm. doing a bit of weaving or printing or dyeing or yeah there's so many ways to kind of interact with it as a as a thing you know? yeah and then you can channel that back into your other work as well mm, yeah different ways of thinking about how to use your materials yeah i like that what's the biggest bit of advice that you have for someone who's kind of maybe just realized Maybe it's advice for, like, Lauren, who just yeah. realized that she's really into costume design and is about yeah. to, like, apply for the NIDA course. What advice would you have for her? I went about it in a pretty logical way, mm. which was good. I just, once I decided I was applying, just getting... Well, I suppose I didn't... Because I'd only recently decided, because before this, I I did law for a couple of years and then mm. studied international relations. Um, so it's such a different career path. And although I'd always seen like a bit of theater and um, obviously like watched and loved so many movies, I suppose I just wanted to make sure that I was going down the right path and mm. wouldn't regret it. Yeah. So 
So I just made sure to started making things for private clients and getting totally ripped off. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. and did some work experience at the theatre and opera. And just, yeah, making sure that that workroom scenario, as opposed to sort of you creating on your own, um, whether I'd like being in a workroom, mm. how even just like the politics of how everything works. I think one thing I made sure, well, that I learnt before night, which I'm really glad that I learnt, was that although it sounds like such an exciting industry, yeah, sort of like lots of people go, oh, you'll be like Castro Martin winning Oscars. And it's like, no, it's mainly just in a workroom sewing. Yeah. And the course I'm doing, while it has a element of design, it's not focused towards the design aspect. It's more the making, mm. which, which I really enjoy, the actualization of an idea. Mm. I really, really enjoy. Um, yeah, I was glad that I did a, a lot of work experience before NIDA and realised that, yeah, sometimes you're, if you're doing costume maintenance, a lot of washing. <laughs> like, yeah. it's a lot of sewing on labels. Like, even though that's stuff that obviously they got me to do because I was not properly qualified. Yeah. But a lot of it is just a lot of ladies in at their sewing machines, heads down, bums up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it was because you can so easily be like, oh, it's so wonderful, it's so creative, it's so fun, it's costumes. It's, yeah. But, um, yeah not always exciting yeah when it is it's so exciting mm. <laughs> um yeah yeah seems yeah. like there's nothing's going to be exciting all the time right and you exactly. just gotta find the thing that's exciting enough of the yep. time yeah <laughs> to make yep. the mundane a little so, bit yeah so true yeah. when the yeah i always think i think the thing that drew me to doing costume was the satisfaction I would get out of creating something. Mm. I would just, I remember talking to Alice about the buzz after you've finished a project, mm. that I would just ride that high. Sometimes just for a week, just be so buzzed that I finished it and it looked great. And yeah. just like, just so jazzed about it. That's cool. As opposed to sort of, even though I liked my previous degree. Yeah still just like <laughs> the buzz wasn't there like you'd just be glad it was over but yeah <clears throat> you wouldn't be buzzed to get back behind the computer and <laughs> <laughs> read another paper yeah mm. so, yeah who is there anyone that you've sort of been following along with or have found recently like maybe even in that instagram world of yeah people that you found like who should we be following but oh, I can't really. I suppose the people that I'm mainly really have been excited about meeting are a lot of the really specialized um, makers in my industry. Mm. That and it's funny because a lot of them are quite. I don't know. Don't have a big online presence. They're so focused in their little world. And I suppose a lot of what we do is so. Um, I suppose it is 
Well, we're using techniques and things that are in a lot of ways dying out. Yeah. So it is quite a sort of old school world of mm-hmm. like, um, yeah. So a lot of them don't even have good websites or, um, yeah. What? Let me look on my Instagram and see if there's any. I'm not gonna be able to find my phone. Oh yeah. So yeah, a few of my classmates keep linking me. Some really cool Instagrammers. Oh, what's this one? This one's called The Corseted Beauty. Hmm. Where's she gone? She does some great, she does great um, Marie Antoinette style stuff. And I love following um, people that have previously studied my course as well. Oh, cool, yeah. There's a great um, girl called Zoe Felice who does a lot of burlesque. Corsetry mm. on top of her like working in theatre as well. She does amazing, crazy rhinestoned corsets and cool. lots of fun stuff. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. We will link to those in the show notes in case you want to check those people out. Um, and if Lauren thinks of any more after the show, we can put those there too. Cool. You've just listened to episode five of the Close Knit Podcast with Lauren Hunter. The show notes for this episode and all the previous episodes are available on the Close Knit website, closeknit.com.au slash podcast. If you or anyone that you know would be a really good fit for the Close Knit Podcast, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email at hello at closeknit.com.au. Thanks so much for tuning in. See you next time.